Good morning and happy Friday. I am Kate Kiefer, uh, marketing coordinator um, in the Allen County Agency. I am with Dan Brusco, agent in the Allen County Agency, and Joanna Alarkin, senior MA in the Allen County Agency this morning. And we are going to have a conversation about inclusion and diversity. So I have a couple questions um, for you guys just to kind of kick it off. And these are for both of you. So just a couple um, introduction questions, um, again, for both of you. Uh, where did you grow up? All right. Ladies first. I grew up in East L.A. I was born in Mexico, but raised in East L.A. until I was 12 years old. Right. Yeah, I, I grew up in Peru, South America, and uh, moved to California in 1982. And uh, so from California, uh, moved uh, from California to Fort Wayne in 1990. So I did upgrade uh, <laughs> my estate. So, so um, knowing where you guys grew up, how do you think that influenced uh, your childhood? Uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and jump in. So um, obviously there is a different uh, environment uh, in Peru. I grew up with four other siblings. Um, we were raised uh, very loving, very physical, very close. Um, our family was um, extremely close, I would say. And, and that was... And that was a very good, very positive for me. Um, that closeness, it was hard to, in a way, hard to find when, when I moved to the United States. It's, it's not, it's definitely not the same. So I really treasure that. And we, my family and I still, um, continue doing that. Um, so that influenced me quite a bit in that way. I was a little different uh, moving from Mexico to L.A. I was only two, but um, we come from a big family. My mom has 13 siblings. So moving to L.A. with my aunt, it was only my mom and her. So I, you know, she was like my other, my second mother. Mm -hmm. um, our cousins and I, we grew up very close, more like brother and sister, even till this day. I mean, my aunt Maddie lives here with us too. And we've just been really close, but um, I kind of miss that part of having my whole family. You know, when I go back to Mexico, I, I miss that. Mm -hmm. I, I miss bet. that. I bet. So how did you guys both end up at Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance? I actually, Farm Bureau came to me. <laughs> I was recently married, not working, um, I did work for um, DeSoto Translation and Marketing, and at that time, um, they closed and moved to North Carolina, so I wasn't working. Um, someone came to one of the owner's sisters and asked if they knew or someone that was looking for work that was bilingual, and they called me, so I actually came in and... Um, did an interview and I was hired. And you've been here 14 years. 14 years. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Dan? For, for me, um, I used to own a travel agency here in Fort Wayne. Um, years before that, while I was in Peru, my family had a business 
And one of my desires here was to have my own business. So I bought a travel agency, um, put some money together from my 401k, bought the agency. I was super excited. But then within a year, uh, the market allowed people to book their packages online. Mm-hmm. And this was back in 2003, 2002. So the agency was not making enough money. I did offer um, translation and notary services besides the uh, regular uh, traveling services. And I wanted to offer also um, insurance in the same office. And I made contact with a normal state agent and uh, I was contacted by the district agent uh, who in turn uh, talked to me about um, doing the business for the insurance, but my agency was too close to another agency. So they have regulations that you need to be so, so many miles apart. So I had to move my agency to another location if I want to do that, which I didn't want to do that. Of course, I remember contacting, uh, a farm bureau agency here and I talked to John Alexander, uh, and he talked to me and, uh, he got really excited about it. Uh, he invited me to come and chat. And uh, so I started with Farm Bureau back in 2004. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. You guys have been with the company for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's great. So we're going to kind of move on to a different set of questions, um, kind of more in-depth questions. So how do you think both of you embrace your heritage? My cooking. You're cooking. <laughs> <laughs> you can all testify to that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, uh, for me, um, yeah, cooking is super important too, although I don't do cooking as much as Joanna does. But <laughs> do the eating. <laughs> I do the eating. Yes, cooking is super important. Um, so my mother lives in California, and whenever I have an opportunity to go visit, I I do overeating. Um, <laughs> there are several Peruvian restaurants in the area which is at, and uh, so I enjoy that cooking quite a bit. So yeah, that's kind of a mandatory thing. So love it. Enjoying us cooking, <laughs> Joanna. You've talked about um, some of the holidays that you guys celebrate and how you get together as a family. Can you talk about some of that? We have our, we still celebrate my second Mother's Day. Um, not so, we, here and there, we'll do Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead, um, or Mexican Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, you stay up Christmas Eve all night. Um, yeah. Let me see what other holidays. I think that's about it. Do you guys have food that you make for each of those? Oh, yeah. Every time? Yeah. So, like, for Christmas, we'll make tamales, pozole. Um, that's usually our typical dishes during Christmas. Dia de los Muertos, it's mainly um, offerings that you bring to your dead. So, they're not forgotten. Um, like, they're special meals, you, their pictures. Um, it's a day to celebrate them. I know that a lot of our family in Mexico actually go to the gravesite and they have a party. Mm-hmm. Literally, you sit next to their grave and you everybody brings a dish. We all get together. They eat um, mariachis. Mm-hmm. I had a cousin that passed away uh, about a year ago. She was 18. And that's what my cousin did last year. She 
put her favorite flowers. The family got together and her favorite music. She had mariachis at her graveyard. That's a really cool tradition. Yeah, I can't envy that. Uh, we we do not do that celebration like that, and I wish that was the case. Yeah. But yeah, we we don't have that. I know there is a Day of the Dead, and family goes to the cemetery and bring flowers, but um, they don't do the food or anything like that. But uh, yeah, um, so I think we uh, in Peru we have pretty much the same celebrations as as we do here now. So I, I would say it's nothing unusual. So um, so yeah, that's. Okay. All right. So do you think, how has your experience as a minority influenced you? Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it, the m- most challenges I had is that I moved into the United States when I was 25. And um, I thought I knew some English from school, but I quickly realized I didn't. I mean, I know how to say door, window, stuff like that, but mm-hmm. not having a conversation. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I struggle with with the challenges that I knew I have personally. Those struggles was not created by an exterior, um, you know, person or system. I personally have to say that I was not affected much by it. Uh, as I was learning English, of course, my pronunciation and even now was not, uh, I would say, proper. And some people will make fun of that. And I wouldn't I wouldn't allow that fun to uh, stop me from just saying the words, either, even if it didn't sound correctly. But I guess that helped me a lot in learning the language and uh, open up myself and just maybe speak English a little a little faster and learn it. A little faster. I wasn't super afraid of making a mistake. Mm-hmm. So um, I did experience um, with other people uh, as I I did help them as I, I got more involved with the community. I helped them with different um, activities and projects and goals like buying a home or buying a car or getting some kind of service. And I I was able to see and uh, uh, clearly see some of the um, difficult moments uh, they experience, and some of their experience really caused a lot of pain. And uh, it allowed me to see how some people can be affected by the way they're treated. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, the reality is that we all do need help. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Joanna, you had talked about living in California for a while and then moving to Fort Wayne. We kind of talked about this earlier, how even in California, it was a lot more diverse than coming to the Midwest. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So how did that move kind of influence you? Um, Well, California, everywhere you go, everybody speaks Spanish. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't really a need for like my mother to... um, speak the language mm-hmm. um when we moved to indiana i thought we were coming to a farm town like, <laughs> like little house on the prairie over here um i saw the difficulties in her mm-hmm. as a, i remember as a child translating for her i mean we right. still do it now i mean i still go to doctor's appointments with her just 
So I know that she's getting the proper care, you know, everything that she needs to translate. Yeah. I mean, and I see that a lot with, you know, our Burmese community too, that, you know, Mm -hmm. they're here, that the kids, you have to explain everything to the kids and then the kids explain it to their parents. That was my um, experience, you know, as a, not per se me, myself, but my mother. Mm -hmm. Did you experience any adversity at school when you moved here or anything like that? No, not really. I mean, I grew up here my entire life. I've been in the U.S. since I was two. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't really a change for me. Dan, what about you? Yeah, and and you can tell that she has no accent at all. <laughs> that is really good. Uh, yeah, for me. Um, so, if you want to, could you do you mind repeating the questions? Yeah. Um, or, what adversity, if any, have you faced? Uh, I personally have not faced uh, much uh, that I will I will remember. Uh, I know um, there was a, a difficulty to a point to m- get mingle or just get mixed with the community and with some of the communication barriers. Uh, that was a simple issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I understood uh, very early uh, that uh, society in general has some issues with a difference uh, in I think many of us do not know how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe our parents didn't, didn't teach us properly because they were not taught properly. Mm-hmm. And we were influenced by many different factors that it created maybe a negative environment for people of uh, other races. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, um, it's, it's a reality is here as being here. Uh, and I, I salute the company and uh, especially those that are involved in this team uh, and other teams in this initiative um, because it, it shows us that there is a care, mm-hmm. that they want to they care. And that's, it's not going to be easy. We need to leave things aside. Um, a lot of our own opinions have to become secondary. Uh, I think to for this project uh, to be good to mm-hmm. to work, yeah. So one thing I was just thinking about: you guys both have kids or grandkids. Is this something that you worry about for them, or do you have conversations like this with them? And I was going to say something else. Growing up in California, California was is so diverse mm-hmm. compared to Indiana. Yeah. I so I would I remember going to school and just. a a room full of diverse kids you know that to me has always been the norm Mm -hmm. not until I moved here it was like dang you know (laughs) what happened (laughs) right so that's one of the differences that I would say um my kids go to a public a private school and it's very diverse diverse and that's one of the things that I always you know tell them Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't matter how you look where you're from, what color you are, you know, we're all the same. And our families mixed too. Our entire families, you know, we're all mixed. That's great. So we're a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I'm sure that, you know, when you go to a private school, you know, you are somehow not exposed to everybody. But when that's why maybe most people keep their children separated uh, because, you know, we can say education is the main reason that we have to realize there are probably other factors and why is it that we want to keep our kids separated. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for this to work, we need to be honest to ourselves to start and just to say, really, is that the reason why I keep my kids separate or is it actually more? Mm-hmm. So I believe it's an issue of the heart. Um, but yeah, I've seen um, children uh, struggling because of that. Uh, not, I haven't been exposed to a lot of that, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I've, I've seen that. So we travel a lot too. Mm-hmm. We love to explore. We love to try different food. Mm-hmm. As you guys might know, <laughs> I'm down to try whatever at least once. And my kids are the same way. Mm-hmm. My kids are the same way. That's, That's, good. Good. <laughs> That's good. So a couple, a couple additional questions for you guys. Um, you obviously know Farm Bureau has started an inclusion and diversity council. Um, what are your hopes for the IND Council? I would say um, hire more diverse people. We want to see, you know, you know, Asians, Blacks, you know, different people in the offices. Mm-hmm. So people, when they come in, they see, oh, you know. Well, they were diverse or, you know, I can have a connection with them because I hear that a lot from our Hispanic people when they come in. Oh, thank God we have someone that speaks Spanish. You know, I feel more comfortable with you. Yeah. They And I do have my group of people that just only deal with us because they feel comfortable with us. Mm-hmm. And if we have that, then that will open many doors. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. It's amazing uh, to me is when uh, when Hispanic people um hear a Anglo person trying to speak in Spanish, it's amazing how appreciative they are. Really? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, as a matter of fact, they feel like they want to embrace him. <laughs> and uh, it's like, yes, you're doing well, you know. And, That's good uh, to because know. Because they, the, they see the effort. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, without a doubt, I would echo Joanna's comment. We need to have uh, people from other other countries, other places. I know it's not an easy thing to do, but um, I think it will be great uh, if we can accomplish that. Um, after um, Kate, you explain a little bit of what uh, the group is trying to do. I think it's amazing. Uh, I think it's good. Uh, maybe have more communication between. Um, the inclusion team and other employees mm-hmm. communicating that to other employees that different ideas or uh, asking other employees for ideas mm-hmm. will be a, a great thing mm-hmm. um, and be open then we filter all of those ideas in a proper way they're not just affected by okay how much is this going to cost us and um, not be concerned with finances so much but with in reality we want to be inclusive and that's going to cost, but at the end it's going to pay. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Make sure we're focusing on the right things. Exactly. The bigger issue. Exactly. Right. 
So what do you think we can do to make this a more inclusive environment for everyone? To start with, I would say translation. Okay. I mean, I know that we have a Spanish, you know, line, mm-hmm. but here in Allen County, our Burmese population is growing. Yep. And I have a hard time, you know, calling them on auto changes or who's rated on this and who's rated on that or billing questions sure. or, you know, little things like that. We need more pay, um, brochures that are triggered to specific languages. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have to muddle through, you know, well, can I talk to your five-year-old kid so they can explain this to you? Yeah, that's hard. You know, and for a child telling you, cause you know, I had to do that for my mother. It's hard, mm-hmm. especially when you're, talking about you know insurance lingo absolutely yeah insurance is very hard to explain yeah, in itself. <laughs> absolutely yeah. yeah and i've seen uh, like joanna was sharing that she had to translate for mom when she was very little mm-hmm. and even now and we see that on the uh, communities coming in that that we don't understand like burmese and we they bring other people as translators Mm-hmm. And it is it makes it very complicated for us to accomplish what we want. And we in reality don't know whether the message came through properly. Mm-hmm. And I think as an insurance company, insurance company trying to do things differently than other companies is uh, to make sure that they understood exactly what we communicated rather than eventually seeing, you know, people not paying their bill on time. They thought this was it and this was that. And I think we are opening doors for a lot of mistakes. We're opening doors for extra phone calls and dissatisfaction from clients because they feel taken advantage of because they're going to believe what they're going to believe. And if they don't understand clearly what you communicated, I mean, their belief is going to stand, not what you try to clear out. So that will be awesome if we could do those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else that you see um, out on top of, you know, the additional marketing materials and the translation maybe internally that we could do? I think we need to be out more in the community, see what's going on in mm-hmm. different, you know, cultures or, yeah, we need to be more involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, maybe as part of our advertising model, uh, starting there, we can communicate that, you know, we are offering different languages, but in reality, that this is not just a say, but in reality, we, we do. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll be good because that will open doors for clients. We do have a large number of Burmese clients mm-hmm. and nobody here speaks Burmese, yeah, but. Right. Uh, nonetheless, they still keep coming here. We don't have a translation. <laughs> and we don't have a, a translation. So um, so when we speak to them, we speak very slowly, but yet still we don't know for sure whether they are getting what we want to communicate. I've had to learn some of their lingo just to explain full coverage and liability. Mm-hmm. One yeah. way or two way. Yeah. yeah. How do you say Google hi? Translate. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Google Translate is amazing for that, too. We use yeah. that a lot in the other offices. Um, is there anything else you guys would like to add or talk about? No, it's, it's exciting to know that 
that we're doing this. I really would love to see uh, something, some fruits of uh, this initial conversations within the year or two. And and, uh, I think I appreciate very much what everybody that is part of the inclusion team uh, are doing. And uh, so hoping that we see good fruits Mm -hmm. in the future. Me too. Me three. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah, this was great, guys. Um, Thank you very much for sharing. Um, This is just a small part of a big ongoing conversation. So I'm excited to see what the future has in store. And I appreciate the conversation. Thank Thank you you both. Yeah, thanks.